You are listening to episode 156 of the 360 Vegas Podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. Shopvegas.com and support the show. Get discount prices on shows, nightclub, flights, and just about everything Vegas, including a best price guarantee that will alert you if room rates fall below what you paid. Just go to 360vegaspodcast.com, click on one of the banners, and go about your purchase. 360vegas and vegas.com, everything you need to get ready for your next trip to Vegas. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. So excited that we landed that uh, that affiliation. I mean, granted, it's it's literally just an application, but one of the things, it, it was actually Matt that brought it to my attention that, uh, what, what's his fucking name? Kimmel. Oh, no, not Kimmel. What the fuck is the other uh, He's going to freak out when he hears this. I don't know. Some guy I don't think is funny, but he thoroughly enjoys. Who is just, uh, uh, Associated with Jimmy Kimmel at some point in time? Yes, yes. Adam Carolla. Carolla? There it is, yeah. yeah. On Corolla's show, he is a sponsor or an affiliate with Vegas.com. And I thought, well, Jesus, I mean, that guy's just about as vulgar and dumb as we are. I'm like, if they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna let that guy be an affiliate. Fuck yeah, let us do it. And and yeah. they did. So we have uh, cut ties with all our other affiliates because why fucking bother to tell you to go to Total Rewards and Venetian and Palms when it's like, or just go to Vegas.com and fucking get all of that yeah, in that everything. one place. So yep. super excited about that fucking thing. Yeah, great addition. And Absolutely. something else that was really cool this happened. Do you, you remember we were talking about Lucky Cat, that we thing were. at Cosmopolitan? We had mm-hmm. a listener take our advice and check out Lucky Cat at Cosmopolitan, and uh, the gentleman is at Huge Popcorn on Twitter. He got a shout out on Twitter from Cosmopolitan as a resort as a result of it. That's awesome, right? <laughs> our, our reach is, is vast. It is vast and powerful <laughs> <laughs> among a select. Right. <laughs> Have you seen Tusk, Kevin Smith's last movie? No. It is a good B movie horror. It's not horror. It's it's one of those movies you're like, oh, this is fucked up. Oh wow. It's a good 70, 80 minute movie. The problem is, it's 109 minutes. Okay. It, it, <laughs> so it, it gets a bit long on the tooth, is what. Yeah, you're he um. Anybody who knows much about Kevin Smith knows, like, for the past couple years, he's just been a wake and baker. He, he's he on some of his shows. I, I'm a big fan of his. On on some of his podcasts, he does these giant 20-minute diatribe. In, diatribe isn't the right word. These grandioso. Imagine the twit pick of the week, 20 minutes long. That's kind okay. of what a lot of his intros are now. And he'll repeat himself over and over. Like, it's obvious. Like, anytime you're talking to somebody who's drunk or stoned or something like that, and, you know. and, and they think that they're they're giving you this, this real ethereal. That they're coherent. Oh, it's, this, yeah. it's this big, like, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you the meaning of life kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and they just keep recapping parts of it. 
that that they've that's kind of what this was like you're looking at at conversations that that would have rambled on for a good five six seven minutes in the movie it's like you know what after about two minutes i totally got your point totally got your point about that character didn't need to go through all that he had like a side story about the characters cheating like it it didn't if his goal was to make one of those crappy B movies from the 80s where it's like part of it is mildly entertaining and then the other part is like oh Jesus it's called edit. total waste of time yeah just just edit dude you got you got to yeah. self edit he did perfect dead on but it's disappointing I, I i almost think kevin kind of excels in a situation where he is restrained but it's kind of a double edged sword because we wouldn't even have tusk or the other movies that he's working on if those shackles weren't kind of removed so mm-hmm. I just wanted to share that with people because I am a big fan of his and was really excited to check out Tusk and it's it's not it, it sometimes it is a good idea to, to take a critical eye to something and, and it's one of the reasons why we edit there's many pieces of and anybody who's ever listened to our live shows knows there are many times where we try something specifically me most of the time try something that I think is funny or interesting Ends up on the cutting room oh floor. just awful just yep. so awful Ugh. They're not all gems. No, they're not. They're not all gems. I'm worth uh, almost nothing sometimes. <laughs> on certain things. I disagree. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we, we try. We, yeah. we try to please you, but sometimes we fail. All right, so I wanted to share that. but At least we're aware of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wish I could edit my life, but Brian. We don't go- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I have a rewind. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, before we get into the show... This is the 200th installment of the show when you include the show proper, the reviews, bonus rounds, and vintage segments. But as we've said before, we decided from day one that we wanted to keep those. We didn't want to just slap a number on everything we do. We wanted to keep them as separate entities. But I thought, as, as so many people uh, uh, like to benchmark things, this is technically our 200th installment of 360 Vegas. Fantastic! Almost like a mini anniversary. It is somewhat, but but like you and I are are, are known to do, I we was, should drink to it. Right. <laughs> well, I've actually got, a, I've actually got a, a morning strongbow going right now. Nice. Well done. I am fucking obsessed right now with diesel punk stout. Oh, I have um, one thing I will say about this area. There is a beer that I've had. I, I had it in Chicago. We were downtown for a work a work thing. We went to a bar there because we had like four hours to burn. We got absolutely fucking hammered before yeah. our work event. Awesome. And we went to this place where they had, they just had all kinds of craft beers, a lot of like nitro tap, all kinds of really, really good stuff that nice. I've never even heard of before, yeah, yeah. for example. One of them was Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. Really? Uh, which is like drinking three beers in one because the alcohol content is so high. <laughs> but the, the beer is aged in bourbon barrels. Ah. Uh, so it takes on a little bit of that oaky kind of vanilla bourbon flavor. Right, right. And so being in the area that I am, being a stone's throw away from the Kentucky border, if you will, yes. uh, we've got that bottled right here locally. Nice. Yeah, so I was able to grab a couple four-packs of that, and I uh, got absolutely trashed. Although uh, I did enjoy it so much that I'm out, which is why I'm drinking a Strongbow right now. <laughs> which is which has been lately the wife's drink of choice. Right, there's nothing more enjoyable than an AM adult beverage. No, and it's a hard cider, so apples kind of you know like an apple cider is kind of like apple juice, which is a traditional morning drink. Right, and you might as well be enjoying a traditional breakfast. I did. I had I had uh, sausage and eggs uh, not too long ago, um, so I'm good. I'm in great shape. That sounds fantastic. We're we're doing a morning record. 
uh, which is unusual for us. We are. I, I am so grateful that I made the call to change the expectations of the show being released on a Sunday because mm -hmm. it has just taken so much stress and given me back my weekends and taken away any of the stressors of when you and I record because now it's just like, doesn't matter, Brian. Basically, on the weekend, every weekend, at some point, you and I are going to hang out for an hour, hour and a half and record. That's right. the only obligation I have. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Monday, Tuesday comes back around. I was working on the show anyways. Now I'm just focusing on something else. So it's it's made this quite enjoyable. Not that not that it wasn't before, but it's it's made it more. Sure, like anything that you do for a long time and it becomes something that you have to kind of schedule every week. Anything that you have to schedule, even if it's just like loosely scheduled, yeah. you know, if it's penciled in somewhere right. uh, in a certain part of the week, it can be sometimes a, a cumbersome task to, yeah. to get done, especially if there's other things that, you're, that are on your mind that you want to do. So I understand. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We've got random vacancies. We do. Go. Still continuing on our the fuck was it? Oh, My Vegas. That's right. <laughs> Still continuing on the My Vegas theme this week. Well, it didn't happen this week. It's always happened, but this week I'm. This is the one I'm going to read to you on. There's a this week we're going to do one, and I'm going to read it to you right now. Right this moment. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> Facebook is still the most popular version of My Vegas, but 65% of players also use the app, and we got that once again from at Vegas Shatter. And as as we've discussed, my wife is. There, there may need to be an intervention at some point because there is a, a laptop, an iPad, and an iPhone simultaneously running oh, Jesus. my Vegas games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the needle is uh, is deeply in her in her arm. Yes, she. Is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can speak to that feeling. I understand. <laughs> I understand. We also have a Vegas Mate review for this week. We do, sir. Once again, it is Squid's review from January 4th of Nine Fine Irishmen at New York, New York. Gave it five out of five chips. Yeah, Squid writes, It's been over three years of my last review for Nine Fine, but not much has changed. Food is still great. Drinks, too. Very cool decor in this place. We usually eat here about ten times a year. And that's one of the things I love about Vegas Mate is, is doing multiple reviews because, you know, just because you've reviewed it once doesn't mean that you don't review it the next time. It could suck. It could, you know. You gotta, you did gotta. we did we do, did we read Squid's review three years ago on the show? Uh, I it don't sounds know. vaguely familiar. That's a great, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we may have, I, I don't know if it's worth looking into or not. Probably not. Probably. But that, that involves time and effort. <laughs> right, right. Who wants to do that? Right. But it sounds, it, it, it does sound vaguely familiar though. Yeah. All right, on to the topic of the week. Yes. There is a rumor of an oasis in the midst of a desert. Ooh, this is good. While water can be found there, that isn't what makes it special. Mm -hmm. This place can fulfill the dreams of virtually all with the promise of warmth, relaxation, excitement, riches, and punani. Ooh. Unlike most oasis, this isn't a mirage. Ooh. Although much of what they have to offer is wrapped in a faux facade. It's a place called Las Vegas, and it will welcome you upon your arrival and offer a friendly reminder to drive carefully and come back soon, because no matter how your adventure turned out, there's always next time. For most. Unless you throw yourself from the building. Unless <laughs> you hit rock bottom. Yeah, literally. With a splat. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and we, we report and mock it on this show. <laughs> <laughs> this monologue was inspired by this week's winner, at Lambie Jim for a black and white picture of the Las Vegas sign in 1995 sitting in what looks like the middle of nowhere. I, I, There's no jack-in-the-box. It's really interesting how that, and I'm sure it's the angle as well, but just literally looks like it's in the middle of the desert, and then fast forward 
15 years later, 10 years later, and it's surrounded by a parking lot and a lush greenery, and it's a, a destination spot and surrounded by other businesses. So. I'll tell you, as someone who's been going to Vegas for over 20 years, and what is oddly, uh, you know, I'm I'm only 30 years old, and I've been going to Vegas for over 20 years. <laughs> so, uh, not with a great regularity more recently, but throughout the 90s, I was definitely there several times. And uh, having been there myself around 1995, I can tell you, it's, it's just amazing how much different it is. You know, even now, you know, kind of thinking back on that, if you weren't kind of what we consider now to be kind of north end, almost center strip, you know, there wasn't a ton, there wasn't a whole lot else uh, to do. Yeah. Uh, not, not that, That's not entirely true, but in my, in, in my mind's eye, uh, if the, if you weren't there, if you if you weren't kind of in the center of the strip, like I bother with anything else. Well, I mean, it's well documented that when the Tropicana opened, the number one thing that they complained about is like, "Are you crazy? That's yeah. so south. Nobody's going to go there. That's insane." Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so I, the only thing that I wish I could have seen was everything that uh, they used to have at MGM. This has been documented by some of my family who really took uh, had a great idea to just bring a camcorder and go through everything. Yeah. So they had all like the Wizard of Oz stuff recorded and all of the. Then they had like a theme park, not yes. a theme park, but no, they like, did. It was a, it was yeah. a straight up theme park. That's, it, that's what I thought. Okay, so they have all that recorded, and I was well, actually I think it was a couple of years ago I watched that video again. It was very much the same as Universal Studios. That's exactly yeah. the concept they were going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I was seeing, and I, it was it's really neat. I'm, I'm sad that I didn't get to enjoy that in person. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't. No. Good stuff, though. Yes. Very, very nicely done. I was very engaged. Thank you. Engaged. As always, we'll link to the photo on our blog. We'll put it on our Flickr and Pinterest pages. We'll feature it on our Facebook and Google Plus pages. We'll make it our Twitter header, and we'll include it in the enhanced version of the show. All right. Without further ado, let's move on to the news. You can support the show when you shop at Amazon. Simply go to the blog 360vegaspodcast.com, click on the Amazon banner, and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. All right, Nevada passes a new porn law. Well, they're considering uh, amending the porn law that they okay. have. Let, let's, let's discuss it a bit. So what they're considering doing is stricter rules regarding pornography filmed within the state after two male actors were infected with HIV as a result of doing so. The consideration is largely centered around the mandatory use of condoms. Yeah, you got to wrap it up, man. <laughs> the J. The I. The, <laughs> the, Jim, the Jimmy hat. Right. The Roscoe. <laughs> Raincoat. Yeah. Uh, the reason this requires such consideration is because mandatory condom use is the reason why more are being filmed in Nevada, because they don't have to do so as California now requires them to. In 2012, LA received 485 permit requests to film porn. In 2013, after the law had gone into effect, they received fewer than 50. Now, it wouldn't be unprecedented. Nevada brothels already require condom use and regular testing and have never had reported cases of HIV transmission. Perhaps the real issue is the fact that Film permits are not required in Nevada if they are filmed on private property and adhere to noise ordinances. Not requiring a permit means they don't have to adhere to safety standards already in place. Hmm. Has condoms ever bothered you in a porn you're like, well, he's got, got a condom on it. This isn't hot at all. Uh, I would say slightly, actually. Really? Um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I prefer in in porn. I would prefer not. Um, but obviously, like it, it hasn't like it hasn't brought me to the point where I'm like, oh, I'm fuck this. I'm changing. I'm I'm switching this one. This right. this one's no good. Like right. when upon, upon seeing it happen, you know. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, I definitely... What about your thoughts? Well, I definitely think that... I mean, I, I understand it, but it, to me, it's kind of like, I don't know, in life, there was a time where you, you know, before you were married, that, that you know, you had to use condoms all the time, and then there's wait, a time wait, you don't. Wait, 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 what? What? <laughs> what, in, what, are you, what, what are you saying? In theory, in theory. Some, some what people. You, what are you saying? <laughs> it's encouraged for those who don't have the control it's that you not, and I not have. not entirely true. No, no. Not, not entirely. True. But no, I mean, I, I get it, but it just seems to me, how would it not be relatively easy to say you have to apply for an extra permit to not use condoms? You know, that that same as the brothels that the actors or whatever you want to call them have to be tested or, or it, it's just more stringent regulations for it. Like it's yes. like your base use. You have to use a condom. If you don't, then you just apply for this permit, prove that everybody's good to go and then go for it. Here's the thing. When you watch like a Hollywood film, yes, you know if if a, if if an actor is playing a different character of some kind, they're not always wearing a mask. Mm. Nice. Think about that. Oh, it's it's thought provoking. <laughs> <laughs> that was the stupidest fucking thing I could have I ever said. I love it. <laughs> sometimes they wear masks. Sometimes they're rendered with CG, but they're not always. Brian dropping knowledge. Knowledge bombs on that ass. <laughs> <laughs> Murdering ass, if you will. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I've, I've been obsessed with horrible bosses lately. <laughs> uh, we went and saw American Sniper. Any good? Uh, on Friday. It was an excellent, excellent film, but you will walk out feeling horrible. <laughs> oh, Which, you know, you can, that, that happens sometimes depending on what kind yeah. of movie you're watching. But, you know, if you go to watch The Hobbit or, you know, Hunger Games even, you know, you walk away saying, man, that was pretty epic, you right. know, like, or whatever whatever your feelings are about that particular movie. Right. Uh, not everybody might be a fan of either of those, but I am. And, you know, and you walk out and you're just kind of like, man, that's that was fucking awesome. I can't wait for the next one. Or in that case, uh, in the case of The Hobbit, man, that was a great way to wrap that up. Right. You know, right. I'm more of a purist to the books, so there was a lot of things that I found that I didn't like about them, but I still enjoy them for what they were. You know? Right, right. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I'm totally with you on that. I, I've long said that I'm a huge fan of fucked up movies like mm-hmm. uh, Requiem for a Dream and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Just something about, I don't, I don't know, something about a snapshot of the human condition just yeah. is fascinating. Yeah. But I would recommend American Sniper. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Bradley Cooper ended up getting an Oscar for that one, man. He nice. was fucking awesome. Awesome. Nice. All right. Moving on to our next item for this week, Mariah Carey's residency. It has been long rumored, but finally confirmed this week that the next short-term resident at Caesars Coliseum is Mariah Carey. That hoe is crazy. <laughs> she will be performing 18 of her greatest hits, and if there is there's 18 hits. Got, <laughs> apparently, she they're exaggerating the shit out of it. She had list. some really good writers in the 90s. She did. That's true. That's right. And when you're fucking the head of the record label, you tend to get mm-hmm. some of the better songs written for you. Although I would also like to argue that I can't remember exactly what songs they are, but I swear, <laughs> I swear that she released the same fucking song three times in a row on different albums. I swear it was the same fucking song. They just, I, I, like, you could replace the lyrics with any of the other ones. They're just all interchangeable. <laughs> what I was rambling towards is that if there is an end date to her run, it has not been announced. 
Tickets are already available for her first two months with the property in May and July. May starting Wednesday, May 6th, and then every Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday until May 24th. In July, it's the same pattern that starts on July 8th and ends on July 26th. The show will start at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $55. And in a related and possibly less interesting uh, story, Caesars Entertainment has finally filed for bankruptcy. Only a matter of time. Yeah. It's just boring at this point. It really is. That's why I yeah. literally tacked it on to this going, I don't give a fuck about the details. I don't care how this shapes out. If Now, if you tell me something interesting like, oh, they had to sell Planet Hollywood to do it, like, oh, well, that is interesting. But That's right now, a huge story. Yep. Yeah, now That's it's nice. just like, whatever. They're doing things with bills and, and loans and who gives a shit. Yeah. Oh, well. It's not like they're going anywhere. So. Right, exactly. All right, for our next piece, we can be getting rocked. <laughs> I was so hoping you would read it. Please read it, Brian. <laughs> After performing at Dre's nightclub at Cromwell, R&B singer The Weeknd. I, I think it. I think it really is The Weeknd, though. The Weeknd. It's. It, he he removes the e, so it looks oh, like yeah, it would does. be That's Weekend. The Weekend. The weekend. He's the Weekend. He's the Weekend. He's been enfeebled. That's right. He's got himself into a fight. I'm gonna guess it's from all the people going, "Who are you?" But the the, the enfeebled. Right. <laughs> The situation quickly escalated into a 30-person brawl in the lobby. The riot... Jeez. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Especially in fucking Cromwell. <laughs> yeah. The riot culminated when one of the officers attempting to break up the fight got punched in the face. You barely fit 30 people in that lobby. I, I agree. <laughs> I, I don't believe you can. You could literally touch one wall, 30 across to touch the other wall. I don't think you need that many. It's like, it's like Royal Rumble circa 1994 in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, the weekend's crew tried to help him resist arrest by pulling him away from the police, but was arrested regardless and jailed on charges of battery on a protected person. After about 10 hours in jail, he was released. This will probably be the last we report on this show because, once again, who's weakened? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's uh, he's up and coming. Oh, you um, do know him. You are familiar. Yeah, I do know who he is. Uh, yeah, he's he's up and coming. He's definitely uh, written some. He's ghostwritten for some artists that have had success with his songs, and he's starting to generate some success of his own. But he's 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 new. He's definitely new, so that explains why you wouldn't have heard of him. See, those are always interesting to me. Like when you when you have new artists come out, and then you hear like somebody like Gaga and fucking. Je Jesse J, I think it is. Like you find out, like who is this person? Wow, they got a really great voice. And you're like, oh yeah, they've been writing for so and so and so and so and so and so. Like, yeah. why the fuck have you been writing? You're amazing. It's, it's like the dream. Uh, you you know who the dream is, right? Yes. He and he's he's done a, more writing than he has done singing of his own. I um, imagine that's probably more profitable. Maybe that's why they do it. Probably, yeah, because I bet the royalties on the back end of everything is where everything's loaded into their contracts and things like that. So, right, right. Yep. All right. Next up. On Plaza details. Yes, the concept has been talked about ever since the concept was announced about a year ago. <laughs> this week, Vegas Eater revealed the first details of what you'll be able to do at Pond Plaza when it opens. Rolling Smoke Barbecue is the first announced restaurant planning to set up shop. Attempting to further take advantage of the show's popularity, they currently plan to name it Rick's Rolling Smoke Barbecue and Tavern. It will be located on both the upper and ground floors. The ground floor will have 1,100 square foot of space. It's going to be set up uh, in a cafeteria style with seating for up to 32. 
Upstairs will be 800 square feet. It's going to feature a 288 square foot balcony patio and food will be served via dumbwaiter from the ground floor. And of course, they do have plans to offer 13 bar top video gaming terminals as well as accommodate up to 40. I'm a big show, or I'm a big show. I'm a big fan. We, we have a huge show. <laughs> I am, I'm a big fan of that show, and I've never stepped down there, largely because I, I don't necessarily need to just look at you, you know, like, wow, it's yeah. really that right there. Yeah. And, and I don't care to stand in line for an hour and a half to do that. But yeah. this, absolutely. I, I, I have to go see this. Yeah, this would probably be pretty cool. And who doesn't like barbecue? Yeah. yeah. I think it's funny that they called it Rick's Rollin' yeah. Smoke. You get Rick Rolled. That, yeah. Get yeah. Rick Rolled later there. Sorry. Kind of trample in. Maybe I should just, that's okay. I should just throw in a Rick Roll. But once again, that sounds like it. Oh, well, I know you're never going to let me down, Mark. <laughs> and that you're never going to give me up either. I, I mean, I promise to never turn around and hurt you. <laughs> I make that solemn promise right here. <laughs> it's on the record. <laughs> You've all heard it. <laughs> Can't go back on it now. All right. Uh, let's see. Rock and Rio Vegas news. Yes. They have finally revealed at least some of the names that will be performing at the four-day, six-stage event. They also clarified that there will be a rock weekend that's going to be May 8th and 9th and a pop weekend May 15th and 16th. The announced acts we care to report on are as follows. Friday, May 8th, on the main stage, you're going to have no doubt. On the sunset stage, you'll be able to enjoy Foster the People and Bleachers. On Saturday, May 9th, on the main stage, Metallica and Lincoln Park. On the sunset stage, Deftones, Sepultura, and Cohead and Cambria. On Friday, the pop weekend begins May 15th, main stage, Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran. On the sunset stage, Jesse J, Charlie XCX, and Toblo. On Saturday, May 16th, the main stage will have Bruno Mars and Sam Smith. Sam Smith just makes me sad. He's got some pipes, though, man. Yes, he does, yeah. The sun soulful white man. <laughs> it's been he through is, a lot. very much so. Yes. The sunset stage will have John Legend, Joss Stone, and Magic. I hate Magic. God, I fucking hate that band so much. I hate that song. There's something about white guys doing reggae that annoys the shit out of me. Fuck him in the ear. Mm. Fuck him in the other ear. <laughs> there will also be an electronic... Rock Street Brazil, Rock Street UK, and US Stages. Some of the acts which have been announced, but none of which I feel familiar with to comment on. Weekend passes start at $300 and rapidly ascend from there. They, those prices are a bit peaky. Mm. Yes. All right. Uh, and then in our final news piece for this week, Mini Baccarat bust. During an internal audit, Cosmopolitan uncovered a Mini Baccarat scam. On 12 separate occasions from January 6th through the 13th, the same player was overpaid $5,000 by a specific dealer while on duty with a specific floor supervisor. The three men were simultaneously arrested by the Nevada Gaming Control Board Enforcement agents this week at Cosmopolitan and faced felony theft charges. The two employees have no previous criminal records and Cosmopolitan refused to comment on the situation since the event is still under investigation. I've said it before, I'll say it every fucking time. I will never, ever understand white-collar crime. Everything is documented. It's only a matter of time before you get caught. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's absolutely stupid to it's, attempt it's something like that. It's the dumbest version of crime ever. Security in Las Vegas casinos these days, I mean, they always have... I mean, if you, if, if you want great examples of security anywhere, Vegas has always been a 
prime example of security at its finest. Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised, and obviously I've got no information to support this claim, but I wouldn't be surprised if CES, the, the technological or tech, whatever the fuck it is, uh, convention that yeah, goes yeah, on yeah. in Vegas every year, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get cut some kind of ridiculous discount so that Vegas continues to always get cutting edge technology to catch shit like this. Their, their camera systems and security schemes are so elaborate. Uh, why would anybody attempt this is just absolutely beyond me. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. One of the things that when we go to G2E that I'll end up going to are the security conference. They have all these uh, conferences that you can go to or, uh, or classes. I, I don't know what the fuck you call them. But that seminar. You, yeah, yeah. Seminar, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. That you would go to and they talk about you know the latest things that they've learned when it comes to security. And I always go to them. Clearly no benefit to this show whatsoever. Just amuses the shit out of me. I absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah, sure. Okay, well, that's going to conclude the news segment. We do have Prop Bets for you. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar, Prop Bets is the extension of the news with just some snippets of news uh, without the complete story. The first of which, for this week being Virgin Airlines, is trying out seasonal nonstop flights to Vegas from Boston's Logan Airport for a week until April 28th. Vegas Shatter is reporting that La Central Bar at Paris will soon undergo a complete renovation. America's Got Talent is holding auditions for the show again in Vegas, February 12th at Bally's. If you'd like to try out, you have to register at agtauditions.com to get 90 seconds to impress. Those of you who are fans of the TV show Game of Thrones, the producers are showing the final two episodes of season four on IMAX screens around the country, including Brendan Theaters at Palms. The two episodes will play January 29th through February 5th and will include an exclusive trailer for the upcoming season starting April 12th. Have you ever seen that show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Is we're big fans of it here. I've never seen it. Oh, it's excellent, dude. You should definitely give it a shot. All right, all right. It's excellent, yeah. Well, it hasn't been officially announced. Several of the featured tenants of Ballet's Grand Bazaar have issued press releases stating they will be opening at the Bazaar on February 26th. Ballet's Grand Bazaar was originally supposed to be open at the end of December. Oopsie. No, I didn't make that one. Well, that's going to do it for news and prop bets. Let's move on to playing Vegas. Time for Playing Vegas, the portion of our show where we share with you upcoming entertainment opportunities outside of the normal residencies in Vegas, occurring within the next week. And for this week, we have, on Friday, 1964 Beatles Tribute is performing at Golden Nugget. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets will start at $40. And lastly, Friday and Saturday, Daniel Tosh is at the Mirage. Show starts at 10 p.m. on Friday, 7.30 on Saturday. Tickets start at 97. God damn you, Daniel. I mocked the fucking lipstick ladies for their bullshit Friday and Saturday hours and now you're going to fucking follow suit. I think Tosh may as well just set up a residency at Mirage because he's there so fucking much. I, I agree. I think he makes way more doing Tosh Bueno though. <laughs> yeah, probably that's probably right. All right, that's going to do it for Playing Vegas. Let's move on to coming attractions. Right. Similar to playing Vegas coming attractions are entertainment opportunities outside of the residencies in Vegas, but a little bit further down in the future. First for this week, Bobby Slayton with Jackie the Joke Man Martling and Stuttering John are performing at South Point on Friday and Saturday, January 30th through the 31st. 
Show starts at 7.30 p.m. Tickets will start at 25 bucks. The McCartney Years, a Paul McCartney tribute band, are performing at South Point Friday through Sunday, February 27th through March 1st. Show's going to start at 7.30 p.m. Tickets start at $35. Jim Brewer is performing at South Point on Friday and Saturday, March 13th and 14th. Show starts at 7.30 p.m. Tickets will start at $35. Somebody discovered fucking South Point's coming attractions. (laughs) (laughs) That was really creepy. Thank you. Charlie Murphy is performing at South Point. God damn. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. Fuck it. He's going to be at South Point Friday through Sunday, March 27th through the 29th. Show starts at 7:30 p.m. Tickets start at $35. Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. <laughs> Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> Pat Benatar is at the Joint at Hard Rock on Saturday, April 18th. Show starts at 7 p.m. Tickets start at 40 bucks. Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Experience is performing at the House of Blues at Mandalay Bay Friday through Sunday, March 6th through the 8th. Show starts at 7.30. Tickets start at $38. And finally, Clash of the Titans, a tribute to Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax, are performing at the House of Blues at Mandalay Bay Friday, February 20th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets will start at $13. Nice. they got to do more tribute acts like that that just cover a bunch of people as opposed yeah, to one. Get the get the best of a lot Fuck of different yeah. bands. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget, you can find links to purchase tickets to these and all the artists we report on our coming attractions calendar on the blog. All right, let's check the river. Welcome back to 360 Legal Lounge. I'm your host, Tony Snyder. Last time we got together, we discussed the regulatory ramifications on how you might get placed into the Nevada Black Book. This time, we want to talk about actual Nevada Supreme Court case law, and we're going to talk about a couple of folks that you probably know pretty well from the Martin Scorsese movie Casino. But first, your dose of legalese. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not create an attorney-client relationship with any listener. In other words, although I am a lawyer, I'm not your lawyer. If you need personalized legal advice, contact an attorney in your community. Now that we've discussed the administrative aspect to being placed in the list of excluded individuals, commonly known as the Black Book, we're going to discuss the constitutionality of these laws. The Nevada Supreme Court has weighed in on these statutes most notably when challenged by Anthony Spilatro and Frank Rosenthal. On December 7, 1978, the Nevada Gaming Commission issued an order placing Spilatro on its list of persons to be excluded or ejected from licensed gaming establishments throughout the state of Nevada. Spilatro's first allegation is that the aforementioned statutes, NRS 463.151 to 463.155, are unconstitutional because they permit punishment of individuals simply on the basis of status or reputation. Remember the statutory language that the control board may, quote, consider the notorious or unsavory reputation which would adversely affect public confidence and trust that the gaming industry is free from criminal or corruptive elements, unquote? Spilatro based his argument on a United States Supreme Court Powell versus Texas when the court ruled that a state may inflict punishment only if the accused has committed some act or engaged in some behavior that society has an interest in preventing. Thus, the state may not punish solely on the basis of status or reputation. 
The Nevada Supreme Court disagreed that Spilatro's case was similar to the Powell versus Texas decision. They reasoned, the purpose of these statutes was regulatory in nature, not for punishment. The exclusionary list is designed not to punish those listed for past bad behavior, but to protect the interests of the state and the licensed gaming industry. Essentially, that by avoiding any potentially significant criminal or corruptive taint, the state legislature is maintaining public confidence and ensuring trust in the gaming industry. Next, Spilatro contends that these statutes are nothing more than a bill of attainder, that is, a legislative act directed against a person pronouncing him guilty of an alleged crime without a trial. Spilatro's argument is that these sorts of statutes are the legislature's attempt to make him a criminal without any sort of trial. The Nevada Supreme Court called his allegation meritless. They explain that the enactments set out criteria describing those who fall within its prohibitions. It's not a bill of attainder. Why? because the statutes aren't specifically targeting him personally. Sure, it set out criterion that his background would ensnare him, but there are lots of other people whose background would cause them to equally fall into its prohibitions and exclude them as well. Another challenge Spilatro leveled against the collection of statutes was that the gross misdemeanor charge was unconstitutional because, again, it unfairly targeted individuals who are banned from the gaming establishment, another bill of attainder. Nevada's highest court rebuked this theory because, as they correctly pointed out, 463.155 sets forth the elements of the charge but leaves the determination of a particular defendant's guilt to the courts. There is a legal doctrine called overbreadth, which states when laws are so overly broad, the statutes impermissibly sweep constitutionally protected conduct into the prohibited acts and, as such, must be declared invalid because of it. Overbreadth was Spilatro's allegation with this package of statutes. He contended that because the statutes permitted the commission to exclude persons from any establishment that is licensed to operate any gambling game, including slot machines, the statute impermissibly swept his constitutionally protected conduct, that is, his First Amendment right to assemble, by inhibiting where he could travel. The justices didn't buy it. They reasoned that the statutes involved in this case are not in any way directed toward the regulation of speech or association and do not infringe on any First Amendment rights. The First Amendment protects the freedom to associate for the promotion of political and social ideas, not association purely for social or economic purposes. So what's the difference between your First Amendment right to promote social ideas versus the non-constitutional right of social purposes? Your constitutional right of social ideas affects the political process. It provides information on matters of public importance or it may otherwise contribute to the exchange of ideas. To contrast, an example of social and economic purposes would be the right to enter a casino for entertainment purposes. The court continued to opine that even if some First Amendment rights were incidentally affected, the statutes are not overbroad as they are narrowly drawn to fit their intended purposes. Listed persons are excluded only from gaming establishments operating more than slot machines, again, casinos, and exclusion is an appropriate means of protecting the state's paramount interest in maintaining public confidence and trust in the gaming system. 
Going further to explain why Spilatro's First Amendment right to assemble or travel was not impeded by these statutes, the Nevada Supreme Court stated the statutes specifically exempt from their scope all gaming establishments containing only slot machines, therefore it allows him the ability to access airports and bus terminals or other facilities of interstate commerce. In a proverbial one-two punch, the Supreme Court aptly pointed out the obvious, you don't have a constitutional right to gamble. More specifically, they explained that one doesn't have the right to access all businesses all of the time. It was not as though his exclusion from these establishments were based on his race, religion, national origin, gender, or other constitutionally suspect reason. Excluding someone, the court reasoned, was not a denial of equal protection under the law because this classification of legal discrimination was not suspect. It did not infringe on any fundamental right and the statutes are rationally related to a legitimate state purpose, that of maintaining the public confidence and trust of the gaming industry. Okay. I can understand that his exclusion from casinos was not an equal protection violation, but surely his placement in the black book based upon not a court but an administrative board, a group of unelected officials who likely have no law degree, surely that would be a violation of his due process rights, wouldn't it? That was an excellent argument Spilatro put forth, but the Nevada Supreme Court again shot him down. They determined that the statutes are a reasonable method of achieving the legitimate end of protecting the state's vital gaming industry and thus comply with substantive due process. Spilatro was entitled to certain procedural due process rights such as notice and an opportunity to be heard by the Gaming Commission, but he got his notice and he received a hearing on his case. Ultimately, there was no authority that would require the state of Nevada to grant a hearing prior to the Gaming Control Board's provisional order placing him on the list, and that's okay. Because, as outlined in statute, he has both an opportunity in front of the Gaming Commission to present his case, and, if he doesn't get the outcome he so desires, he can appeal it to the court system. For the fan of Martin Scorsese's Casino, they are quite familiar with Tony Spilatro and Frank Rosenthal. While the movie acknowledges Spilatro's entry into the famed Black Book, it glossed over Rosenthal's entry and subsequent Nevada Supreme Court case. What's interesting about Rosenthal's case is that he was initially nominated for inclusion on the list of excluded persons in 1979, yet no action was taken until 1989. Rosenthal is a former executive at the Stardust Hotel Casino in Las Vegas and is also a former host of a television sports betting information program which aired live from the Stardust in the early 1980s. He was also well known to the authorities in several states. By his own admission, Rosenthal has associated with organized crime figures for many years, including Anthony Spilatro, who was placed on the list of excluded persons in 1978. Rosenthal has a record of gambling-related arrests dating back over 30 years, yet despite his frequent arrests, Rosenthal was only convicted once in 1963 for attempting to fix the outcome of a college basketball game in North Carolina. He has also been banned from racetracks in Florida. The Gaming Control Board first nominated Rosenthal for inclusion on the list of excluded persons in 1979. No action was taken on his nomination, but then in 1988, the board again nominated Rosenthal for the list, and in January 1989, the commission unanimously approved the nomination. Rosenthal's legal argument was based upon estoppel by latches. 
this is a legal doctrine that if an entity purposefully causes a delay of a claim to be made, a legal ban of that claim is established. The reason for a ban on a claim being made because the asserting party delays for too long is based upon the notion that the condition of the party against whom the claim is made is losing valuable time to rebut the allegation. After all, memories fade with time, people move or die, and evidence needed to prove innocence gets lost. As a matter of fact, Rosenthal proffered two ways in which he was harmed by the almost 10-year delay. One, prejudice resulted from being brought in to face this kind of indignity and scorn some five or six years after he'd left the state of Nevada. And two, the commission introduced witnesses who testified about facts that Rosenthal implies would have been unavailable to the commission absent the delay. But the court postulated that neither reason showed any change in Rosenthal's position. In fact, the second proffered reason tends more to justify the delay than to show prejudice. The delay itself must actually cause the prejudice. The court reasoned that Rosenthal never detrimentally relied on the delay because he had no reasonable expectation that exclusion proceedings would ever be instituted against him. To the contrary, one could logically believe no proceeding would ever have taken place since they hadn't in the nine years since he was first considered for the excluded list. Next, and the most interesting point that Rosenthal alleges, is that his 1963 conviction for basketball fixing was based upon a plea deal he received that if he successfully completed his terms of probation, the charge would actually drop off his record, effectively being treated as if it had never really happened. The Nevada Supreme Court determined that where statutes authorize disciplinary action or license denial or revocation upon conviction of a crime, the conviction may be considered even when based on a deferred sentencing plea. Even though the charge may have dropped off his record, the proceedings to suspend or revoke business or professional license are not included among the penalties and disabilities that are released by an honorable discharge from probation. The point the court was making was that, like a licensed attorney or CPA, the revocation of a license is not part of the penalty ordered by the court. It is a loss as based upon the license issuing agency. The same here is true. Rosenthal was placed on the excluded list not as a punishment for being convicted of the basketball fixing conviction, but because he subsequently was doing business in Nevada and the state can exclude someone for a gaming law violation. Thank you for listening to the 360 Legal Lounge. If you have topic ideas, legal gaming questions that you'd like answered, or just want to give us feedback, please look us up on Twitter. We're at 360 Legal Lounge, or drop us an email to 360legallounge at gmail.com, or check out the Vice Lounge Online website at viceloungeonline.com. I'm Tony Snyder, and we'll talk to you next time. Another quality episode, installment of Legal Lounge. Thank you, Tony, and and yeah. I am somehow riveted. Well, I've always been interested in law, to be honest with you. So it, you throw law and Vegas together, Jesus, oh my God. Like the only other thing I could think would be even more interesting, or not more interesting, as interesting, would be law and Disney. Just fascinating. I find listening to someone who is educated in the law, I find it fascinating listening to them talk about things like just like Tony does Agreed. Uh, for our show. But uh, to study it myself, nope, not at all interested. <laughs> right. Two of my brothers-in-law are attorneys. Oh, that's right. My father-in-law is a judge, formerly an attorney, 
And then um, I have a couple friends that are attorneys. So I get enough of that shit as it is. Definitely don't need to be an attorney myself. There you go. <laughs> I'll stick with web development and, and database administration. It's just fine. All right. Well, that's going to do it for episode 156. We thank you all for listening, downloading the show every week or whenever you do it, for fuck's sake. Uh, we really appreciate it. Just as a reminder, 360 Vegas Vacation 2 is in June. Uh, that's going to be on the 18th and 19th. Uh, for details, for the planned itinerary, check out the 360 Vegas Vacation 2 tab on the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com. If you'd like to check out any of the stories we referenced on this week's show, you can do that on the blog as well. And if you'd like to send us some feedback, make sure you email us at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. And you can also help others find the show by reviewing us on iTunes. Good, better, and different. We'll always read all the reviews on the show. Mark's on social media, so you can find links to those in the blog, too. And uh, and that's it. That's all I have. Always a pleasure to conversate with you, my friend. Likewise, sir. All right. We'll see you next week. I've yeah. not seen fireworks anywhere other than Disney ever since I saw them on our, I think it was our, our no, our honeymoon. Our honeymoon. Yeah. So 18 years ago, on our honeymoon, we we were there for the 4th of July and saw those. We've never seen fireworks anywhere else. Why fucking bother? Exactly. That's exactly what I said. And, you know, we do local things around here because, you know, obviously Angela's parents are big in the community being both in an elected position. They have to do all these things locally. And then whenever there's events, they have to make sure that they're there. So naturally we go. And obviously we're just not going to sit at home all the time. That would be insane. But... um for Fourth of July around here, you know, we go see fireworks, and I'm just on my phone, and and she's like, "You're not watching the fireworks." I'm like, "Why?" Right? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Are these fireworks? I would enjoy watching wishes on my phone with headphones <laughs> over watching what's in front of me in person. <laughs> just to give you an idea of how I feel about that, you know. And they acknowledge that, but they're just, you know, they're always trying to look at the upside to everything, which I I admire that about them. They're, you know, they're those kind of people, but I'm more realistic. I was just going to say the exact same thing. You and I are cut from the cloth of realism. Yeah, you know, like, I know what this is. Right, this exactly. Is shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you have you have to look at it through the rose colored goggles because of. Right. Who you are in this community? This I don't have had. that binding. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you and I fucking both know the deal. Okay, I'm right. just fucking acknowledging it. Yeah, everyone's thinking it. I'm just saying. Right. It. <laughs>